Welcome, welcome everyone back here to the Sebi Podcast Radio Show. A very special edition this week. That's right. Mike isn't with me this week, but we didn't miss a beat because Shanice Nicole and I had a very, very special guest that joined us over this weekend. New York Knicks very own Emmanuel Quickly joined us to talk about the New York Knicks exceeding expectation and their success thus far this season. All this and lots of juicy uh, secrets from Kentucky to success in rookie ladders, all more. Without further ado, let's go ahead and take a listen. Good morning, Emmanuel. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am blessed. We are so happy to have you here. Um, actually, on our, fo- our first show here on the CB Podcast, a special edition with myself, Shanice Nicole, and CB. We are so ecstatic. We are excited to have you. You were the 12th, 25th overall pick in the 2020-21 NBA draft. And you were an absolute just still. The Knicks are playing the best basketball they have ever played in a while now, um, coming straight from Kentucky as a point guard. Um, Emmanuel, how has it been just adjusting to New York and the NBA in general? Um, I feel like I've done a pretty solid job. I feel like coming from Kentucky, University of Kentucky, I had an advantage uh, of kind of being on, uh, I guess you call it a big market as well for a college team. Um, scrutiny of the fans, the uh, level of what you're watched on and off the floor. Um, so just uh, coming from a college where people, you know, watch you um, with, with like a microscope, I feel like that has helped me. Uh, adjust well to the New York Knicks. So. Awesome, awesome, man. Uh, Sebi here from the Sebi Podcast Media. Um, it's been a fantastic uh, sight seeing you um, thrive right now. Um, you started off the season um, on the bench, then worked your way up, obviously got into the starting role. And then once they made the trade from uh, D Rose, you kind of went back and have that veteran leadership um, there as well. So um, my question to you is um, adaptability. I, that seems to me like that's something that you've been able to um, be able to just adjust to. So talk to me about that. Yeah, that's what the that's basically what the league is, is being able to adapt. You know, your team is never going to stay the same uh, throughout a whole year. Uh, so just being able to be versatile, uh, I feel like that's been a big key for me. And just being able to be, just like you said, being able to adjust, you know, whatever comes to your team's way. Uh, you want to be able to be, you know, different things, whether it's be able to play the point, point two, be able to just stay aggressive while you get new teammates and things like that. So uh, that's been the big thing for me is just being able to adapt and, and being able to find success for that. Speaking of being uh, successful, Emmanuel, you are pretty much excelling across the board here. You're at 3.7 PPG. You are averaging 3.0 rebounds per game. 3.0 assists you know, per game. And you, you constantly, you keep elevating. You're coming from Kentucky. Is that something that you learned there at the program just to adapt to every bit of every part of your game? Yes, for sure. And I try to set goals for myself. Uh, that way I have something that I'm trying to reach. And if I don't reach it, I'll, I'll fall somewhere short near that. Uh, but you want to have goals that you're trying to reach. Uh, and it's not only on the floor, but off the floor as well. Uh, and I feel like that just gives me an advantage for somebody trying to strive towards everything. Um, I'm not sure that you watched the March Madness tournament this year, but um, 
I thought last year before the whole COVID thing happened, Kentucky had a great chance to go to the final four and win it all. Um, yourself, you led the nation in um, free throw percentage, I think about 93 a game, 93% a game. Uh, your team, budding teammate, Maxi and Nick Richards, I thought you guys had a great team. And Calipari said that as well. He thought it was bittersweet that you guys didn't make the tournament. Um, in your mind, do you think that you guys had a chance to win it all and cut down the nets? Absolutely. Uh, I feel like, you know, the tournament, the team that just won, uh, Baylor, three guards, Jared Butler, Macy O.T., um, and Davion Mitchell. And I feel like our team was similar, Ashton and then Tyrese Maxey. Uh, and also we had, I, don't, I feel like we had a better big man. You know, than they did. I feel like our big man was probably one of the best in the country. Uh, but our teams are very, very similar. They were versatile. We were versatile. Um, and I feel like our team had a great camaraderie. Uh, we all like being around each other, whether it was on the court, in class. Uh, so we like being around each other. And then I feel like, you know, the way we play, we made free throws. Those were one of the Achilles heels of all Coach Cal teams that, you know, kind of struggled in the tournament. They missed free throws during the tournament. So, uh, you know, all those things together, I feel like we could have got it done. You know, speaking of speaking of teammates, Emmanuel, you uh, you're you're playing with first time um, NBA All Star Julius Randle. You guys are all relatively young, but with you guys all being young, how do you all learn from each other? Uh, just yet, yeah, example. Just the other day, um, before we played a, a home game, I had just watched him just work out. I, I finished my workout and just kind of watched him work out. Asked him some questions after he was done. Uh, because he's an all-star, that's what I want to be. So, you know, to, to be the best, you got to learn from the best. And right now he's one of the 24 best players in the league. So uh, there's no other better way than to try to learn from somebody that's on your own team. So uh, I feel like that's just the best way to do that. That's awesome. Awesome there. Um, before, obviously, um, post-all-star break and stuff like that, your name was linked as being one of the three guys that was um, – budding to be a rookie of the year. Uh, LaMelo Ball, sadly for him, he's, he's probably out the race now that he's, he's gotten injured. But um, Ant-Man, um, Anthony Edwards from Minnesota Timberwolves, is really starting to make some, get some ground there. In your mind, do you think that this race is yours to lose? Um, I feel like, you know, I just want to continue to keep getting better. That's the biggest thing for me. Uh, there's been a lot of people to win rookie of the year and just not do anything else for the rest of the world. But. Uh, for me, it's always going to be a, a marathon, not a sprint. Obviously, you know, you want those accolades at the end of the year because it comes with the work. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to just control what I can control. And that's just getting better every day and, and trying to help uh, build a culture that the Knicks haven't seen basically since 2012. So we're trying to get to the playoffs. Uh, we're trying to win games in the playoffs. So uh, it's a lot going on. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, Winning games, getting winning games, as well as just the uh, like climbing that rookie, that rookie ladder. I know you guys don't want to focus on the individual accolades that are just swirling around you. If you were to win the award, like how momentous would that be, just for your career, for your family, and just for your just everything, just going forward? It would be pretty cool, just because I feel like this season a lot of people probably didn't even think I was going to be in the rotation. Um, and mm -hmm. I had big goals, such as things like rookie of the year and things like that, first team or whatever. But um, for people not even to see me doing a rotation, for me to believe in myself, uh, and on myself, I feel like it's pretty cool. Uh, and people kind of forget that, you know, coming into the season, we were like 25th pick, and you're supposed to be high. 
Uh, probably should have been picking the chicken now, uh, but you know that's just you know a testament to the hard work and trusting in God and um, those things that always work for me you know, throughout my whole career. Now let's face it, man. You know, like I've been watching basketball for a long time, and I'm gonna just keep it real with you. Nobody thought the Knicks would be here, right? Most people thought that you guys would be a lottery uh, team, um, getting one of those uh, top 14 or top 10 picks. Um, but you guys have exceeded expectations. Um, and, and and talk to me about this because you guys are the top rated defense, number one in opponents' field goal percentage, number one guarding a three, which is huge in today's uh, NBA and also number one in points allowed. So how have you guys been special in that department this season and what's what's been the difference? Um, I feel like for us, it's been our preparation. Uh, Coach Thibodeau, he's known for his defense. Uh, he knows what it takes, you know, on the defensive end to, uh, you're not gonna be able to shut every superstar down. It's just not gonna happen. Um, but to try to contain as much as possible and then limit the role players as much as possible. Uh, but our preparation, you know, shoot arounds are really long uh, with those teams. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a credit to our team for hanging tough because, you know, it's a lot that goes into it. And we're willing to put in that extra work to get all those defense accolades. And things like that. Side note here. Um, I've heard in the past that Thibodeau really works you guys out on practice, <laughs> like wear you guys out. And then sometimes they be thinking like, man, like y'all got even an engine to run the game. <laughs> so is that, is that true? Is that quite accurate? Or is it like, is it, is it, is it? Well, for me, I'm not really sure what a, this is not really a normal season. And since I'm a rookie, I don't know what a normal season really is. They said, this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, we played every other, every other day for a month now and had a couple back-to-backs in that span. Right. We haven't really been able to practice as much. He's been pretty good as far as giving us, uh, we have a day off today. Nobody's allowed in the gym. Uh, it's a blackout day. Uh, so, you know, he's been pretty good, you know, Valentin, I feel like. Speaking of defense, uh, the Knicks have been giving, like, the Nets a run for their money. You guys get up for the Nets. <laughs> so is that is that intentional? Like, you guys being both in that, that region in New York space, and it's like, hey, who's going to have control over that that area? Um, the thing, I, I don't even feel like we want to, that's not where we want to be is giving them, we want to uh, be able to, you know, come on the floor and, and beat them. I feel like that's what we want to do. Uh, giving them a run for their money, we're not satisfied with that. Uh, as the New York, New York battle, we, we try not to get into it too much. Uh, we try to just come out and play the same New York Knicks basketball that we play all year. Uh, and if, if that means, you know, coming up against a Nets team that has Kyrie, KD, James Harden, uh, we want to be ready for all that. So, Yeah. You guys don't want to get stuck in that. Look at the Clippers and Lakers in the West. But uh, <laughs> anyways, um, I, I want to talk to you about um, some of your teammates. Um, who, who's the real leader in that locker room? All you guys are relatively young. Um, obviously, Julius has had a um, breakout year. Um, Derek Rose now being a, a seasoned vet. But um, who's who's the leader for such a young team like this? You, you ask yourself, like, um, when when postseason time comes, if you guys make it in the play-in tournament, um, who's going to be that guy in the locker room, to, that vocal or, or command leader to help you guys out? Um, I feel like we're all uh, a collective group of leaders, I feel like. And I feel like that's what makes us kind of different from a lot of teams. Obviously, we have the vets, the older guys, Taj, um, even though he's kind of young, but, you know, he's, 
one of the better players in the league. So obviously, you know, he's a vocal leader. Uh, and like even myself, you know, in, in timeouts, we're all talking, uh, we're all communicating, you know, try to get things done and get things done in order. So I think as a team, you know, that's what makes it more special when we're deep. Uh, and that's one of our advantages. But leading, you know, by example, uh, by talking, that's uh, what we all do. Which, with that collective, essentially that collective uh, um, leadership you're explaining, um, does it get a bit challenging of who to listen to, who to follow uh, in late game situations? Um, I would probably say it's more, we're just following our gut and our gut has got us this far. Um, obviously we're not gonna agree on everything. You know, it, 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 That's not how basketball works, but you know, we, to be the best teammates we can be uh, and just make the decision based on that time and score or whatever needs to be done. So, uh, you know, like I said, we're not going to agree on everything, but we just try to, you know, get things done in order and as a team. Obviously, this has been a challenging year uh, yet again without any fans and stuff like that. But I don't think most people know when they talk about the Mecca basketball in MSG, like that's the garden. So how weird is it not to have those electrifying fans or, um, you know, celebrities on courtside seats and stuff like that. Um, is, is there really a difference being in a, basically like an enclosed gym and not hearing fans? Well, we actually have 2000, uh, so, and it gets, it actually gets kind of loud. I'm not gonna lie. When we played the Warriors, it was, I, it sounded like it was a packed gym uh, that night. So, uh, you know, it gets pretty loud. Even with 2000, I can't imagine uh, on a play like that where the fans are just you get goosebumps and there's not even a lot of fans there. Emmanuel, I know it's again, it's been very challenging like during this COVID year you did just reference you all have 2,000 fan fans in attendance um do you kind of can you kind of just explain the first time you were actually on the court and you heard fans just were they cheering your name could you just describe that that is that initial feeling of seeing and hearing um playing in the mecca well they were literally cheering my name I was on the bench and they were <laughs> we won quickly they kept cheering uh <laughs> That was crazy. I'm on the bench like, oh, my goodness. Uh, and then it's funny because I got called into the game, and that was probably one of my better games of the season. I ended up having, like, 26 and 4 and 4 or something like that. Uh, it was pretty cool. You know, a cool moment that I remember. Uh, definitely there for sure. Um, I wanted to also touch base on your own personal goals. Uh, obviously, we, we talked about you potentially – being in the running for rookie of the year. But outside of that, like when you go down the line, hopefully having a long career in the NBA, what are some accomplishments and, and some individual accolades per se that you want to be linked to? I think first it starts with uh, the most important goals. I feel like, and one of my goals is just to get better each and every day. Um, whether it doesn't have to necessarily be, you know, hard lifting and shooting or film or something, just trying to get better each I'll read my Bible and pray each and every day. From there, then I have the other goals. First team uh, rookie, rookie, uh, rookie of the year, uh, all that. 
the individual stuff, you know, it, it comes from putting in the work and doing all those other things. That's where I'm going. You know, you, I, I did hear you mention that, you know, that you do read your Bible. You're very transparent um, about your relationship with God um, as well as your family. Um, one question, how much is your success predicated on your faith? Uh, 100%, everything. Uh, without him, I wouldn't be nothing. Uh, but with him, all things are possible. So, uh, you know, that gives me the confidence to, really like to go out and, and just play my game, knowing that I got him behind me. Uh, and, and I'm I'm just glad that I have him. Even without basketball, you know, uh, appreciate that relationship that I have with God, and He's been everything. Has that made it less, a little bit less challenging to kind of navigate the quote unquote NBA life with you being so just focused into your Bible, into your faith? Yeah, that definitely gives you uh, a peace of mind that you need, especially in a, the NBA where, you know, it's not like college and you got your teammates and you run your teammates all the time, but uh, just having somebody else. Uh, for me, uh, it's just big because you know you got you, you, you basically have somebody else next to you at all times. Uh, it's definitely a awesome, awesome there for you. Hey, be honest with me, man. When you got that first NBA check, uh, <laughs> that first couple grand, what did you do with it? I know you're in the big market in New York. Um, did you splurge some, or did you actually, you know, uh, had some financial literacy? I actually save a lot. I don't spend that much. Uh, I don't got no chains. Uh, <laughs> I suppose every now and then. The only thing I probably really bought, uh, I got a G-Wagon. Okay. G-Wagon, but that was the only thing I really bought. Is it, we, <laughs> that, was a, that was a great question, CBR. I loved, I loved to hear those answers. Um, how's your family um, getting just used to seeing their nephew, their son, their cousin on television in, in this NBA life? Have they, have they changed? Are they reaching out more? Are they supportive? And I'm pretty sure they are because you have been, again, very transparent about your relationship with your mom and your sisters and your father. So talk to me a little bit about just that whole family dynamic. Oh, it's been great. They're, they're coming to see me today. They're at the game tomorrow. They're at the game last night. So it's been great to have them, you know, kind of just like college. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm blessed to have a family like that that supports me coming off the floor. Whatever I wanted to do, they would be there. So it's good to have them. Very fun, very fun. Um, this is one of the moments in, in our segments with one of with our guests that we kind of dig in the personal life uh, and ask them some scenario type questions off the court. Um, so it's very simple. It's this or that or it's overrated or underrated, we're just gonna ask you a question and then you just pick that one out of the two. So um, this or that, playing for Coach Cal or playing for Coach Tibbs? Mm -hmm. so, uh, Coach Cal, you can't, you can't play for Coach Tibbs until you play for Coach Cal. You gotta play for Coach Cal first. <laughs> ready to be with Coach Tibbs. Okay, okay, okay. I, I like know, that answer. I don't know if it's this or that, but you got to play for one before you play for the other one. Coach, Coach, I like that. Quality bridge answer. I like that. <laughs> All righty, man. Uh, this or that. Uh, New York pizza or New York hot dogs? New York pizza. Not a fan of hot dogs. <laughs> Off top pizza. Um, here's, here's a good one. Um, 
to basically like a brunch on Sundays with your friends uh, during the day, or maybe a nightclub with um, some of your teammates at night, which one do you prefer? Definitely going brunch, definitely going brunch. I have one for you as well. This or that? Now, I'm gonna ask you this. Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan? I'm going Kobe. I didn't get to see Michael Jordan play. Mm -hmm. I'm going Kobe. Uh, one of the greatest ever, obviously. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Um, I'm sure you guys play him a lot in the Eastern Conference. Overrated or underrated? Ben Simmons. Uh, properly rated. He's as tough as they come. 6'10". Doesn't shoot a great. Obviously, everybody knows that. Uh, but he gets to the right, find his teammates, guards the best player on the other team night in, night out. So, properly rated. Um, the New York experience, overrated or underrated? Um, as a player, it's probably overrated from the fans' perspective because mm. we, don't, we don't actually live in New York. The basketball part is, is great, it's properly rated, but from the fans' perspective, they think we live in the city, we go shopping every day, not how it works. We're in the, we live in you know, the Westchester White Plains area where you know, we just go to practice and uh, what's actually the best place in New York you've been in, sightseeing wise? Sightseeing, I haven't really even been sightseeing. That's what the people don't understand. Well, all we do is kick back. This, I don't know if the schedule is different, but we literally <laughs> play basketball every single day, especially with Corona. Uh, we haven't been able to really go anywhere. Yeah, Emmanuel, what are you listening to to get yourself? Um, pumped up for these NBA games? Uh, either Marvin Sapp or Chris Duncan. Marvin Sapp? Yeah. Never could have made it? No. <laughs> well, you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, speaking of that, I have an additional question. Just make me think of it. Um, kind of your overall, just number one gospel song. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it can't go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That's right. You can't make it anywhere without that song. <laughs> here's an interesting one. Uh, who's the hardest guy that you've like guarded, that you went up against that was just like, oh, I, I didn't know. And then obviously you found out. Who, who's that guy? The hardest guy that I guarded that I didn't know or just the hardest guy? Yeah, just the hardest guy that like, you didn't know he was tough, tough, tough to, to guard. And you're like, eh, this should be, this shouldn't be too hard. And then you found out later on that, okay, he's, he's the real deal. Oh, man. Uh, that's tough. Um, oh, man, that's tough. I, I'm, I don't know how to answer that because I can't think of nobody off the top of my head, but Garden, Damian Lillard was the craziest mm -hmm. I've ever experienced because he was – it was like I wasn't even – it was like it was like I wasn't even there. He was just making shots and – Right over me. I'm like, have you seen me? Like, there's a hand in your face. Okay. He was making a step back. He's, he's, he's a tough one. Dame is perhaps one of the clutchest players um, in the NBA. I think he has a game-winning bucket on every single team in, in the NBA. 
<laughs> so yeah, he's definitely a, a tough card. Um, Emmanuel, looking ahead, you guys have the Raptors um, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, what's the game plan for them? Uh, we will find out tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you know, they got some good guard play. Uh, my boy Gary Trenton got traded to them. He's playing really good. Uh, I played with him on the U.S. 18 and 17 under, so I'll get a chance to see him tomorrow. And then obviously, they got Van Leaf and all those what is it going to take in the second half um, stretch now heading towards the latter part of the season? What is it going to take for to ensure that the Knicks make it to the playoffs and um, start changing this culture here in New York and, and ensuring that you guys at least get in the playoff tournament with a chance to get into the actual um, Eastern Conference playoffs? Well, results come with the work and, and just doing the right things day in and day out with your habits. So, I don't know, as long as we just you know, control and we control, everybody flying in and doing what they do, I feel like, you know, results just come naturally. Definitely there. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been definitely a pleasure to have you on uh, IQ um, and, and enlighten you. Uh, we, we always love to do this. Um, we definitely like to have you as a returning guest with us. But before you leave, um, this is a partnership that myself and Shanice were doing uh, further on. So uh, in your mind, like who, who you think should, we, we should bring to this to this show? Like any teammate, any player? Um, and if so, got to make it happen. <laughs> got to make it happen. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't speak to this dude off the floor. Anthony Edwards, that would be a... Anthony Edwards. Gotta get Ant-Man here. By the way, why they call you IQ? It's it's pretty cool. I never thought of that. But every I usually get called. Yeah, I, some people call me IQ. I mean, my initials is. It is what it is. You know what, Emmanuel? Um, I just want to thank you for being the first guest on this this particular extension of uh, CD Podcast Media. Um, and I think if I can give you a few words, um, I watched you on uh, draft day and I went to your Instagram and I saw the relationship that you have with your family and the words that your mother was instilling in you. And I was taking back, I was taken back and I'm just here to tell you that you are poised for greatness. I'm so excited that the Knicks have you. Um, we believe in you here. And I honestly believe that the Knicks have what it takes to make the playoffs. So keep striving, keep doing your best, and keep excelling. And just you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely there. We're rooting for our dogs, man. You really <laughs> got a good one. <laughs> All righty, man. You have a good one. Hey, everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. SebiPodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebi Podcast is wherever you go.